Thank you for tuning into the New Covenant Life Christian Church podcast, where we are loving God and loving his people. It's all about him. Our focus is spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and advancing his kingdom in the earth. If you would like more information about our ministry, please give us a call at 334-258-6181 or send an email to newcovenantlife2020 at gmail.com. Now, let's join Pastor Pete Pierce for today's life-changing word. Amen. Will y'all ready to get into this word? Amen. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. If, if you can, stand to your feet for the reading of the word. I know we don't do it often. I don't, it's kind of hard getting up and down in them, you know, them theater seats. Y'all get comfortable, leaning all back. Amen. Isaiah 28, chapter 16. We're going to read from the King James Version, version initially. I want to kind of take my time today, to, to this morning, if I can, and just kind of, we're going to be teaching a little bit when we deal with this stuff today. Amen. Is that okay? So y'all pay attention. I'm glad I got a wireless mic. If I see you nodding off, I'm coming towards you. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16, King James Version. It says this, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Say, sure foundation. And he that believeth shall not make haste. And now we want to read that same verse of scripture from the New Living Translation. And it says this, Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing the foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need not never need never be shaken. And then turn to 1 Corinthians for our last scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. I'm going to read this from the NIV version. Amen? And it just simply says this. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is which is Jesus Christ. Which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we bless you on today. We give you all glory and we give you honor. We give you praise. We magnify you on this morning. God, we see you bigger than anything that we may be going through at this particular moment in time. You are the great I am. You're everything that we need. This morning, we need you to teach for us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're opening hearts and opening minds. That when the word of God is sown in our hearts today, God, we're praying for the miracle of the sower. It's going to be on everyone here today. It's going to be considered good ground. And because of that, it's going to bring forth fruit in our lives, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. For your glory and for our good. Father, we love you so much. We can do absolutely nothing without you. It's in the matchless name of your son, Jesus, that we do pray and all the people of God shout it. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of our life-changing king. Also, one other announcement. I, I, I'm sorry, I forgot to, to announce. Um, on on uh, February 17th, um, they're having a faith and prayer conference. I was asked to, to, um, to be one of the, they're going to have a couple of panels. So I was asked to be on one of the panels. So um, y'all be praying for me. I'm going to be there. The guest speaker is going to be Pastor Cora Jakes. So, um, Actually, our realtor was the one who I think she's heading it up, Miss Anita Dawkins. And what, what they're focusing on is praying for the children. 
the children in our community. Amen. So y'all keep your pastor lifted up. I think there's, there's tickets. I'm not sure what they cost for that particular event. It's going to be held at the Forum downtown, and it's from 2 to 6 uh, p.m. on the 17th of February. Amen. So y'all keep your pastor lifted up. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So we're talking about the title for this message is actually part four of Building a Sure Foundation, part four. And our subtitle, we're using this, Get on the Ship. Somebody say, get on the ship. ship. Amen. We're talking about the NCL development flow plan, how we want to develop our members and develop our church. We also never want to forget the thing for the year this year, 2024, is what? It's the year of the open door. Coming out of Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. I know thy works. Behold, I've set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. From the message translation, I love the way it reads. It says, I see what you've done. Now see what I've done. Mm. I've opened the door before you that no man can slam shut. You don't have much strength. I know that. Man, don't you know God knows exactly where we are? Amen. You use what you have to keep my word. You didn't deny me when times were rough. 2024 is the year of the open door. Amen. But who's the door? Well, let me tell you in Scripture, John chapter 10, verse 9 says this. It says, I am the door. If any man enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and come out and find pleasure. Jesus is the door. Amen. He's the one. He's the, the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except through who? Through the Son. He's the one that has us all. And then our mantra from uh, Covenant Connections International, I always want to put this before you, in, in the um, year of 2024, the mantra is this, one house. Amen? So we always say one team, one fight, one house. Amen? And the scripture for that, I love this scripture because it's one for us to really to live by. It comes out of Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 2, and this is from the CEV version. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 2, CEV, says, Christ encourages you and his love comforts you. God's spirits unite you and you are concerned for others. Now make me completely happy. Live in harmony by showing love for each other. Be united in what you think as if you were one person. Amen. I want to go ahead and read the other couple of verses, verse 3 through 5. And it says this, don't be jealous or proud. But be humble and consider others more important than yourselves. Care about them as much as you care about yourselves. And think the same way that Christ Jesus thought. So the King James says, let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. That's always the scripture that we quote. But we don't go back up and see what the context was, what he said. The mind of Christ was caring for one another. That's his mind. That's his heart for us to be united as one, as if we were one person. Amen. And that, man, that's, I'm telling you, that's our goal. That's what we want to achieve as a body of believers. Amen. For us to be one. And in order for us to do that, we have to, to learn how to love one another unconditionally. Amen, somebody. We say that, but that only takes, it, the only way we can do that is through development. Right? It's through development, and it's through faith. 
I love, I love grows by faith. It's through the fruit of the Spirit being manifested in our lives, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, but it's manifested in, in nine different ways. We can only do that by getting into this Word or by having that relationship with Him. Amen? So, during the last couple of weeks, I was talking about our, our kind of our membership development flow. Amen? Y'all remember what it was? It started off with membership, right? I'm going to give y'all the first one. It's membership. What's the next one? <laughs> membership, discipleship, right? Partnership. One more time. Membership, discipleship, partnership, and sonship. Okay, there's going to be, it's okay. Listen, it's going to be certain things, man, that we're going to learn as a church. The thing I want you to learn is the revelation behind it, right? Not just we're going to say certain things or say certain cliches or whatever. Like y'all know, man, when we talk about Jesus, he's what? He's the center, the circumference, the base, the boundary, the balance, the beauty, the sum and the substance of everything our life is about. It's all about him. Amen? When we, I, don't want, I don't want us to just say these words. I want us to have a revelation of what they mean. So when we talk about we're going to have this church development flow, how we plan to develop as a church, the first thing is membership. Amen? We, we're praying God to, to bring members to this church where they can join themselves with us. Amen? But they have to be a member of his church first. Amen? Amen. The first membership is salvation. But we want to go from membership to discipleship. Amen? To be able to disciple people. Then from there, what's the next one? Partnership. And we're going to talk about these here in kind of a little detail as we go, go on. And then what's after that? Stewardship. And what's the last thing? Sonship. And sonship is our goal. Amen? Somebody say sonship. That's our goal. So our text out of 1 Corinthians, I love this one, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says this, No one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. We're not trying to lay any other foundation. Amen. Now, we're a foundational group because, you know, we're the ones that God has chosen to, to be a part of the foundation as, as it's concerning NCL. But the foundation that we build the foundation on is Jesus Christ. There's no need to try to lay any other foundation than the one that's already been laid. And that's the thing about Jesus. What I love is that we don't have to try to work to figure out how to do it. The church at his birth is the church at his best. Right? The way he started it is the way it's supposed to always be. So when you start seeing things that look different, feel different, it's not according to the pattern, that means something's off. Amen? Because when you build something according to a cornerstone, you can build it strong and tall. But if you build it and now you start, you know, you start to lean or you start to build it not according to the pattern, I promise you the building may go strong, go up tall, but it won't be straight. And if it, if it grows tall and not straight, one day it's going to fall. That's why we can't build this church on what's happening in the world right now. Amen. We can't build it on trends. Do you hear what I'm saying? So everybody got the lights. Everybody got the screens. People got smoke. 
Amen. And I'm not saying nothing's wrong with that because we, we're going to use some of those theatrical, you know, things that actually can help you visually. But it, it's not what creates an atmosphere. Listen, let me tell you something. Lights, cameras, and smoke does not create the atmosphere we're trying to get. Listen to what I'm saying. That's not the atmosphere that we're after. We're at, we're, the atmosphere that we're after and searching after is the atmosphere of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 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 Amen. Because yeah. when you bring the fog in, the only thing you need is a little, little fan. It'll blow it right out. <laughs> but when he's in the presence, when he's in the house and his, his presence fills the temple, it is, it's from the inside out. Can't no fan blow nothing. If all the lights went out, amen, if all the speakers went out, just like it did before, it doesn't, there's nothing that can replace the true presence of God. You can't be healed by no lights. You can't be healed by no smoke. The screens ain't healing you. It's his presence that does it. And that's why we have to build this church. Man, I'm telling you, the church at its, the church at its birth is the church at its best. The Bible says they fellowship, had all things in common, and they continued in the apostles' doctrine, which talked about Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen, somebody. Amen. And they break bread. They broke bread. Hey, Amen. We like that one. Auto two. They ate together. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. They ate together. But you got to know the history. They see people in the Jewish community just don't eat with anybody. All right. That's why they would trip with Jesus. Why are you eating with those publicans and those sinners? Because for them to break bread with someone, even having breaking bread and having fellowship, it meant they had relationship with them. Right. Amen, somebody. Amen. I got to keep going. Matthew chapter 7, because I want to get through all of them. Amen, if I can. Matthew chapter, yes, we're talking about membership right now. So the first thing we're going to deal with is the membership piece. Amen. Ah, okay, yeah, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read the scripture right quick. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27 from the New Living Translation. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follow them and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. Amen? Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it was built on what? A bedrock. That bedrock is Jesus Christ. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Amen. I'm just going back to talk about what we were talking about. When you have a true relationship with the Lord, nothing shakes you. That's why sometimes, you know, me, myself personally, I oftentimes refer back to the faith that I've seen some of the old saints have. Right. They didn't have a whole lot of stuff, but they, they had, you know, they had a, a belief system that was incredible that anything and everything they needed, they believed that the Lord Jesus would provide for them. All the time. Amen? That, be, that means that their relationship was built on a sure foundation. Amen, somebody? 
So God has given us gifts in Ephesians 4. We know the scripture, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. It talks about, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility, our responsibility, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now drop down to verse number 16. It says this, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Somebody say each part. Each part. Man, does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. What kind of church are we? We are growing church. We're growing in faith first. Amen. Then we'll grow in numbers. And as we grow in faith, that means we're going to grow in love also. So now let's talk about membership. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And this is going to be from the King James Version. We're going to read from verses 12 down to 27. Um, and some of the, write these scriptures down, please. I want you to go back and, and go over them. Some of them that you, you may be familiar with, but how many know sometimes when you come back, man, and you know, the light bulb will go off or God will start connecting dots and be a scripture that you've heard time and time again. And you hear this one time and just like, oh my God, I got this and then something else is connected to it. Amen. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12, 12 through 27. A little lengthy reading, so just please bear with me. It says the from, um, I want to read this from the New Living Translation, if you would. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all have shared the same Spirit. Verse number 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, does that make it less a part of the body? And if the ear says, verse 16, I'm sorry, 15, 16 says, if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am an eye, would that make it less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just, each part just where he wants it. How strange would a body, how strange would a body, how strange a body would be if it had only one part? Verse 20. Yes, there are many parts but only one body. Amen. Somebody say one body, but many, 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 many parts. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body, the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. 
Verse 25, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are what? All of us are glad. Amen. In verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Excuse me. Each of you is a part of it. That whole text is so powerful. And what we have to make sure that we do as a, as a body of believers is to honor that. Because so often what we've seen in the body of Christ is the focus is always on the five-fold ministry gifts or the one with the mic in their hand. Amen? So we always consider sometimes the one, the most anointed is the one who's leading praise and worship. Right? Or the one who's preaching. You see what I'm saying? But no, all of us are so important. We cannot be a body without you. You can't, man, you know, there's, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know all the medical terms or whatever, but there's so many parts of your body that you don't see that are the most important, your, important, your heart, your liver, your intestines, amen, your intestines. Amen. Just think if you couldn't go. Right? Somebody said, Jesus. <laughs> but, you, but you don't think about it, right? It, doesn't, it seems insignificant. No, all of us are significant. Every one of us. Not just myself or my wife or, my wife or some of the leaders of the church. No, it's all of us. We need every one of you. Amen. We're members. Amen. Because here's the revelation of a difference. When we all stand before the Lord in that day, amen, he's not going to say, well done, thy good and faithful pastor. He's not going to say, well done, that good and faithful choir member, that good and faithful usher, that good and faithful deacon. Amen. He's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's it. Amen. So here's the thing. I just have a different responsibility than you do. I have a different call than you do. I'm no better than you. Help me, Holy Ghost. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. You are just as important. Because the power is in the pew. Somebody say the power, the power is in the pew. See, listen to this. Listen to this. Membership is a sign of leaving your individualism and joining yourself to, to the body and functioning. It's, you're not just by yourself. You don't, don't. Listen, when we come into the body of Christ, you shouldn't want to do your own thing. Because we all are members. You're not an individual anymore. Amen. You're joined to a body. I'm just going to do my own thing. Then you're not a part of the body. Amen. If you was to, listen, if you was to take your arm and sever it and put it off by itself or remove it from the body, guess what's going to happen to it? It's going to die because it's not attached. So all of us have to be attached to one another. Amen. Amen. We want to stay alive. 
And then also in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, we, it talks about forsaking not ourselves, assembling together as many do. Amen. We have to come together. I'm so glad that we're starting to come together again. Amen. Because I believe that COVID thing was nothing but a little a plot, ploy, and plan of the devil. But how many know he, listen, he, 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 he's a defeated foe. So we still going to gather, amen? We had to do what we did was necessary, so I'm glad people are coming back to church again. I met someone again the other day that said they haven't been back to church in over a year. Amen. Because what he tries to get you to do is be comfortable. Amen. Try to get you to be comfortable, and then he'll make all the different excuses. Yep. You know, when we get to a certain place, we're going to have our services are going to stream. They're going to be online. I'm not sure what we're going to do yet, YouTube or whatever. But listen, let me tell you something. You can get blessed by, and I have been. And I'm telling you, sometimes I'll be watching something in the power of the Lord. I can feel it. But you know we ain't sometimes that disciplined. Come on, help me, Holy Ghost. Amen, amen, amen. So you see, we've been serving sometimes, and you, you know, we check out every 10 to 5 minutes or 5 to 10 minutes. In the church. So what you think you're doing at home? Just tell the truth and shame the devil. <laughs> Y'all know you got, you got it all. You, you, you heard the beginning. Amen. Then you go mess with the pots and, and then you go do something else and, and it's planned and now you're on your phone. And, amen. At least when we gather, we can nudge each other or something, you know. Amen. <laughs> So we got to come together. Amen. So the next thing is discipleship. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20. Discipleship. This is so, so important. Jesus said this. This is the King James Version. He said this to his disciples when he's about to leave. He said, go you therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end. Jesus told us, he said, listen, he told the 12, uh, it was 12 at that time. Listen, I'm going away. But what you have to do is the things that I've taught you, you need to go throughout the world and teach these people what I've taught you. And this is nothing but who I am and who my father is. Amen? So we have to get to the place where we disciple people. And that's one of the things that we're developing. And listen, listen, I don't have it all yet. Amen? So if you come to me and say, well, Pastor, we doing this? I say, it ain't ain't ready yet. Amen? Like like a cake in the oven? You you can smell it, but it ain't ready yet. Amen? So there's some things that we're developing. And one of the things I'm asking the Lord, and, and, and I've already started developing it, we're going to have a discipleship program. Amen. Amen. And guess who's going to be teaching this discipleship program? Everybody raise your hand. We are. <laughs> <laughs> yep, some of y'all with your hands raised, y'all going to be teaching this discipleship program. Amen. Because we'll take you and, you know, be trained to train. And we're going to train you, and y'all will be a part of teaching people to come in. You know, because... A lot of people that, that come into the body of Christ have never been taught how to witness or how to lead someone to the Lord. Amen. How to even pray the prayer of salvation with them. It ain't deep, but some people just have never done it because they have never been taught. And then we got the ones that are so, so, so deep. Amen. Can't, can't nobody approach them. 
You can't approach a new believer because you're filled with the Holy Ghost and they, they want to learn about Jesus and you talking in tongues. They start moonwalking. Them the ones that walk around your desk. Amen. They come to work and be like, that's you sitting right there. They be going, wait. Or one real, walk real fast. Hey, good morning. Because you're too deep, too spiritual. But we want to be able to teach you how to minister. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I may win against some, right? Paul was like this, you know, if my brother doesn't eat pork, I'm not going to eat pork and I'm not going to offend him. You know, that's just because what I do, right? You cannot put your little, take the ass off your chest. Amen. Everybody want to flex. <laughs> But, but a lot of things we have to be taught, right? So we have to learn to teach discipleship. So those are some of the things we want to, to be able to teach in our discipleship program. Amen? It's how to teach people, you know, first of all, the, the fundamental things when it comes to Jesus Christ about their salvation, you know, how they got saved and what does it mean for them to be saved. But we also want them to understand how to disciple people. So John 13 and, and um, 25 we quote this and, and, and use this also as one of our slogans, if you would, from the King James Version. It says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Amen. But discipleship or the uh, ability to love only comes from being taught the word of God. Because if you're not taught who Jesus is and you're not taught what faith is, I promise you, you don't have the right kind of love. Be that fickle love. Love when it, when it only feels good. No, that's not the kind of love we have. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And then we're going to move on to partnership. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 from the King James Version. And it says this, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men and women who shall be able to teach others also, that's you. Amen. Not just me. That's you. Somebody say, that's me. Did you really say that? Did you really say that's me? Amen. That's you. I heard it. Any witnesses? They said that's me. Okay, moving on to the next thing is partnership. We become partners with God and each other to carry out the, his assignment on the earth. So, so many examples that we have as partners in the earth. Noah was a partner. Moses was a partner. Abraham was a partner. Jesus was the, the, the man, the partner of all partners. You know, because the things that the Lord needs to, wants to do or are going to do in the earth, guess what he needs? He needs you. He needs me. He needs a body. He needs... Jesus Christ said, listen, in order to redeem them people, he told the Father, make me a body. Because the only way it can be done is I have to come as a man to do what you called me to do. Now, when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send you another one, amen, a comforter, the Holy Spirit, to lead and guide you. So in order for Jesus to do what he needs to do from heaven to the earth, guess who he needs? He needs you. He needs me. Amen. Y'all look somber. Y'all are you getting it though? You gotta hear me, man. He needs you. 
He needs you to partner with him. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 says this. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of whose good pleasure? Of his good pleasure. It has to be of his good pleasure. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 13 from the New Living Translation. It says this. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But if someone falls alone, he, um, if someone falls alone, um, but, but if someone who falls alone is in real trouble, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? In verse number 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and the three are even better. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. We always hear the scripture quoted, man, but what it's saying is that we need each other and we can do this thing together. Amen. You can't do it by yourself. Don't, be, don't try to be a lone ranger, especially in the body. And really, they talk about the lone ranger. He wasn't alone. He had Tonto. Amen. Batman had Robin. <laughs> Everybody needs somebody. We need each other. So don't, please don't try to do it alone. And, do, you know, sometimes if you, if you go, if people say, well, that's just who I am. Yeah, that's just the problem. So we need it. That's okay. Don't we need some more faith in you? Amen. Because when you get to the place where you feel you can handle it all by yourself, you become your own God. And don't even know it. Amen. You can't handle it by yourself. We need each other. We need the brothers. We need the sisters. If you're going through and you need some help, I should be able to call, I should be able to call Joe and say, hey, man, I need you to pray for me right here. It doesn't matter that I'm the pastor. Do you hear what I'm saying? I should be Tony, oh, man. When you're in your time of prayer, remember me. Remember this. Amen. Because I'm, this is where I'm at right now. Hey, <laughs> Can y'all handle that? Can you really handle that? What if I have to call you and say, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in my faith right here? What you going to say? You should point me back to the word. I said, Pastor, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for the, the, whatever, whatever this hindrance is, that God's going to, man, because I know you can see. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes people got to be reminded who they are. Because that's what I'm going to do for you. Amen. You call me, I'm going to remind you who you are. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. Amen. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Amen. Do I have any conquerors in the house? Amen. 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 Now moving on to stewardship. Hey, no, but that partnership, man. Listen, I got to get this one. It's in my notes, too. Sometimes, I think I mentioned this last week, God will call you to be, call, call us to be silent partners in certain situations. Right? W-K-Y-M-S. Keep your mouth shut. No, seriously, there's some times, man, when you just spend, you, you got to get to the place where you learn to spend time with the Lord and listen. So even you, you, go, you get into his word, it could be something that you're reading or something that you've heard, something that we've taught, and you ask the Lord, Lord, I need your help in this particular situation. I need you to talk to me about this. Or you're praying about something. Once you pray to him for an answer, Guess what you need to do? Listen for the answer. 
if you keep talking, and sometimes what we, 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 we confuse prayer with complaining. Help me, somebody. Amen. What are you praying about? Are you actually praying, praying according to his word? Or are you complaining about what all is going on? Right? So you get to the place where you, you, now you, you're at this position where you, you need to hear from the Lord. When Samuel was learning to hear from the Lord, Eli, who at the particular time was jacked up in the temple. He wasn't doing the stuff he was supposed to do. Sons running amok. But he understood how to hear from the Lord. Samuel kept coming back and back and forth to him, right? Because he kept hearing his voice. Right? It's just like that, man. And Eli knew what to say. The next time you go back in, in that, that position, go lay down, young man, and, and just say, Lord, thy servant is, is heareth or listening. Be still and let him talk to you. Amen? Amen. Scripture said, be still and know that I am God. Moving on to stewardship. Amen. We all have a responsibility to, to, to be good stewards of the thing that God has given us. Amen. He expects us to be good stewards. And some of the things that he gives us, and listen to this, every good thing that we have is only a result of God's goodness and God's grace. There's nothing that you have is because you've been so good. It's only because of his goodness and because of his grace. Amen. First Peter chapter four, verse 10 in the King James version, it says this, as each one of us has received a gift, a gift minister to who? Oh, did you get it on screen yet? I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm going fast, Alicia. First Peter chapter four, verse 10. Are we there? Okay. Yeah. Let me go back. As each one of you has received a gift, minister it to one to the other. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The gifts, the things that God has given to you, we all need it. We have to minister to one another. Amen. The, the word manifold in, in the Greek, in its in in original, the language, it talks about the, the manifold grace of God, the many sides. It really talks about the many different colors of grace. We, there's so many sides of grace, and that's why there's so many of you. We're all different, right? But we're all part of the same body. But the gift that God gives you, we all need. Somebody said we all need it. Listen, a steward is someone who is entrusted to manage and care for things that belong to another for the benefit of others. Right? Can you manage what God has given you for the benefit of others? That's being a good steward. It doesn't belong to you. He's given it to you to put it in your care. But the only reason he put it in your care is because he can trust you to use what you have for others. Yeah. Amen. That's being a good steward. Somebody said that's being a good steward. So we are to be good stewards of our time, talent, treasures, and possessions. Because that's everything that God gives you. Amen, somebody. Listen to this when it's concerning time. Time is a resource that you have that is far more precious than your money. It is the resource that is universally 
non-discriminatory, and fairly distributed. Come on now. All right. Time. Everyone has the same amount every day. Everyone's supply is renewed every single day that you are alive. Listen, time is something that God has given everyone, and it, does, it doesn't discriminate any kind of way. Rich, poor, tall, short, as long as you're alive, you get a new supply every day. Everybody. You don't get a different supply because you're rich. I know you think you may try to buy it. You can't buy time. Amen. Some of us want to be able to buy time, but you can't do it. It's something that's given to each and every one of us. So that means, listen, we have to learn how to, how to manage it. Listen, you, you can, it can be spent or wasted or it can never be used. And check this out. You can't return it. You can't give back time. Amen, somebody. You, listen, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under, uh, under the law. When, when the time came, God said, now is the time for you to go. Amen? And then Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 15, it says this, Look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. We have to learn how. You, we don't necessarily manage time. We feel it. We either feel it or we waste it. Amen, somebody. There's 24 hours in the day. What you do with those hours that God gives you, you can't get the time back. That's why for me personally, you know, for Eddie get on me sometime, but time is, time is a big deal to me. That's why I like to be on time. I can't waste your time. Amen? Because you can't get you. Listen. Watch this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I can be as anointed, <laughs> listen, as whoever. Those ten seconds, we can never get back. They're gone. The key is, what do you do? You have to fill your time with different things. And that's why it's important for us to be on time. Amen. But now, now it doesn't mean you fill your time. That means you're always busy. Sometimes you got to fill your time with rest. Do you hear what I'm saying? So you, you, you know, you got you to gotta cut this off and say, no, uh-uh, right here I'm going to fill my time with rest. Take some time and fill it with, with the word of God. Amen. Fill it. Take some time. You got to fill some time with your spouse and with your mate and with your children. Amen. Fill the time. Don't waste it. Time, man, it's, nothing we, it's something we can never get back. And I love, I love what it said there. It talks about it doesn't discriminate. At all. Black, white, brown, old, rich, poor, got the same 24 hours in a day. 
Amen. But listen, I, you know, in Scripture a couple of times, God is bad, but, he's, you know, he, he's the one who does it all by himself. Oh, yeah. There was a time with Joshua, he stopped time. Yes, he said, I ain't going to do that no more. There was a time with Hezekiah, he backed up time. Go ahead, right. Amen. But that was then. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. Time is ticking because he's coming back again. Somebody say he's coming back again. Amen. So time, talents, and treasures and possessions. So I'm going to wrap all three of these up. Man, I got one more. I'm going to have to finish that on next week. This is dealing with stewardship. Our time, talent, treasures, and possessions. So I'm going to use this particular parable. You can play something real soft, Curtis, to help me get out of here, man. So he'll kind of shut it down. Amen. This particular parable, I'm going to use, I want you to, to go with me and use the like-as principle to, it, it, this actually parable can teach about all of them. Amen. Our talents, our treasures, and our possessions. These are the unique things that God gives us. Amen. So once again, I'm going to use this particular parable in Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to read verses 14 through 30 in the New Living Translation. And we're going to use the like-ass principle to talk about all three. Amen. Y'all with me? Y'all know what the like-ass principle is? Like this is like that. Right? Amen. Y'all got it? Y'all good? That's, that's the like-ass principle. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, and it says this. And remember what I taught you about parables, what Jesus did when he taught about parables. Right? They weren't cute stories. They were things that would provoke people in their particular culture to make them lean forward and pay attention. Right? So he taught this particular parable in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Now remember, we're using the like as principle to deal with our talents, the gifts that he's given us, our treasures, the money he's given us, and our possessions, even your children, the things that, the, the stuff that he's given you. Amen? Um, 15, I'm going to read that again. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in, in, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then gave his, he then left on his trip. Verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. The servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from the trip, from his trip, and called to them and gave called for them to give an account of how they used his money. Whose money was it? It was his money. The servant who he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five bags more. Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibility. Let's celebrate together. 
Verse 22, the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities, many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I, I know you, are, you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. The master, but the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops that I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Verse 28, then he ordered, then he ordered, take the money from the servant who gave the one with the one, with the one, with, and with the ten bags of silver. Let me read that again. Take the money from the servant who gave it to the one with the ten bags of silver. In verse 29, to those who use well what they have been given, or they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But for those who do nothing, even with what they have been, with what they have will be taken away. In verse number 30, now throw this useless servant into utter darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We are responsible as you get your tithes and offering together. Amen. We are responsible for investing our talents, our treasures, and our possessions so they, they will give God a greater return. Do you understand what that means? So like, like I said, I'm using the like-ass principle, using that one analogy with the servants. Now, the talents, when you read it in Scripture in the King James Version, it's, it talks about the parable of the talents. A talent is a possession of money. So in Israel, if it was silver, a talent is 100 pounds of silver. It never said what the commodity was. If it was gold, it's 200 pounds. A talent is 200 pounds of gold which is like millions of dollars. But your talent, what has God given you? Has, it, has he given you the gift to sing? So if he's given you that gift, that talent to sing, you can't just, you can't, you know, you can't, you got to develop it. So when you, the, the little bit that he's given you, when you give it back to him, it's a polished gift. If, he, if he's giving you the, the talent or the gift of hospitality, don't hoard it to yourself. Utilize that gift. So when he comes back, you got more to give back to him. Amen. With your resources. Amen. With your treasures. Man, tithe and offering is the financial plan for the kingdom of God. Tithe and offering and gifts of love. That's how the kingdom works. And when you give back to the Lord, man, he always gives you more than you ever gave him. 
So it's a way to invest into, into the kingdom is to be able to sow, sowing and reaping. As long as the earth remains, so shall seed time and harvest. What seed have you ever planted in the natural that only grew back one something? Anytime you plant one seed, it always gives you more. Do you hear what I'm saying? Always gives you more. So when you plant and, and give and, and sow into the kingdom, some, y'all remember, 30, 60, and even a hundredfold. There's no IRA, there's no Roth IRA, there's no investment plan that can beat the plan of the kingdom. None. So when God gives you your resources and you just keep it in your pocket, it'll rot there. But if you want it to grow, learn to sow. Woo! That need to be a t-shirt or something. If you want it to grow, learn to sow. Amen. Huh? So your gifts, that's right, your talents. And then the last one is possessions. I'm all out of time. Go ahead and get your offering envelopes together. And Brother Clyde, come on, get in place. Amen. So your possessions, it's like what God has given you is not just for you. Amen. So here's the thing. You just got the new Beamer, the new Beamer. Seven series. You know. Nice leather seats. Shaw. Your brother, your sister calls for you and they need some help. I need a ride. You go to pick them up. Right? They got three kids. <laughs> Who each got a lollipop in their hand. Are is somebody feeling me? I'm talking about your possessions now. So do, do your possessions mean more than getting this single mother or single father and them three kids to church or wherever they got to go to the grocery store? You can't worry about your leather seats. Because if he gave it to you, if something was to happen, he'll fix it for you. But you, if you get to the place where your possessions, it all belongs to you, you're not being a good steward of what God has given you. When God has given you certain things, man, is to share. Every house that we've had, everyone that we've gotten, we always plan for somebody else. And it was just, it's just me and Fanny and dogs. You know, we had Rottweiler, whatever. It's all, no, I'm just the two of us. But we always place whatever, whatever we got was not for us. We always had a, a room for my mother and my father. We got a room for Fanny's mother. We got a room for you if you need it. Amen. But it's not all, it's always our possessions belong to the Lord because we understand where they came from. Amen, somebody. So that's how we have to be as a body, as a family, NCL. Anytime someone needs something and you got it, don't always put a price tag on it. Now, when you give it to them and somebody want to sow something back to you, praise the Lord. It's just the principle being acted out. Don't always look for, I don't know why, I'm, don't always look for something. We got stuff, man, we believe in God to, to build sometime or another. I don't know when. But there's some stuff in the house that we're giving to people. Take this. 
We want to give this to you. You ain't got to worry about no money. Amen. Because you know what? The principle of giving outweighs the principle of money. I'm telling you, man, there's no, there's no, there's no banking system in the world that can replace sowing. Amen. So we got to be good stewards of our time, talents, treasures, and possessions. One time before we get Brother Clyde to come up. So what's it? Membership, discipleship, partnership, stewardship, and next week we're going to talk about sonship. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Father, we bless you on today. Bless these people that are here. Thank you, God, that all of our hearts are open. We're receiving your word. We thank you, God, that we're growing by faith every day. Thank you for having your hand on this body of believers. Not everything or whatever that anyone needs in the house, healing, God, peace of mind, whatever it is. God, we ask you to give it to them. We thank you for it in advance. It's in your son Jesus' name that we do pray and all the people of God shout it. Thank you for spending time listening to the Word of God. We pray that today's message has fallen on good ground and will produce a 30, 60, or even 100-fold harvest in your life. If you would like more information about our ministry, please give us a call at 334-258-6181 or send an email to newcovenantlife2020 at gmail.com. Don't forget to join us next week. Be sure to subscribe to the New Covenant Life Christian Church Podcast and click share to share with friends and family because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you and have a safe and prosperous week.